you know, and particularly in business, you know, your target audience ultimately wants to make money and wants to make profit and potentially wants to work with you to help them do that. So it's almost like targeting your, your content around how can we help you in your business? What are the things that we do that, that can help you? Hey guys, thanks again for listening to the Wine, Whiskey and Weed Show. This is Sid Patel, CEO of Beverage Trade Network and your host for the Wine, Whiskey and Weed Show. So the whole idea behind this podcast and why we started was to bring you value here, to bring you real tips, actionable insights from the people who have mastered the art of their domain. Also, a quick announcement for London Wine Competitions, guys. If you're looking to enter your wine, beer or spirits in the 2020 London Competition, this is the time. Submit your products before January 31 and get in front of real trade buyers, get international exposure on your wins and many more benefits. The whole idea behind London Wine Competition was to be relevant to the trade, relevant to the consumers. You can learn more on their websites. So let's dive right into the podcast with Richard Siddle. Hi, welcome to the Wine, Whiskey and Weed Show. Today, my guest is Richard Siddle award-winning drinks business editor with over 25 years of experience and we're going to go super tactical on content strategy for your wine, spirits and beer brand. What content works and what does not. More importantly, how to create contextual content for today's platforms. Richard, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Super. Thanks again. So you wear a lot of hats, Richard, and I see your name in a lot of publications as contributing editor. Give us a rundown of uh, you know what you're up to these days and you know what in a nutshell like your experience please yeah okay well i mean i, I suppose i would um define myself as a, as a business journalist uh so my, my, my career has always been around uh, business journalism and um providing content for different industries so in my career i've worked across uh grocery retail uh convenience uh i've worked in the travel sector i've worked in the computing sector um and the, the last 10 12 years or so i've Predominantly worked in, in wine and spirits. Um, was editor of Harper's Wine and Spirits, and now I run my own my own website called The Buyer, which is aimed aimed at the uh, the entree. But yeah, as you say, I also contribute to other publications uh, websites as well. So yeah, but it, it, my 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 experience really is very much around pr- pr- producing content that's very very relevant to target industry audiences. Um, so that, that that's where my expertise, I suppose, would, would, would come into play. Yep. I mean, amazing. I mean, I've, I've personally uh, taken, you know, your lot of your input in creating our content strategies. And, you know, at the same time, you know, I love the way you are very disciplined, uh, even in the amount of content you produce. I mean, it's insane, like, you know, how you still are able to produce every day that quality. So, I mean, you know, just going back to this, I mean, when I Google your name, Richard, you know, I love uh, what I saw in the results. Like it says, Richard Siddle can help you. Now that's the sort of thing, you know, we all miss in the, in the, I mean, you know, like race for creating volume, we miss the context, right? So uh, in this case, I mean, we're focusing, you know, uh, for the sake of the podcast, I mean, we're focusing on the wine, beer and spirits uh, industry. And I just wanted to go real tactical this time. So basically, let's take a scenario where we have a a private label wine brand or a spirits brand, right? Like where we don't really have a winery or a brewery, you know, so so think about the storytelling approach, Uh, just focusing on the brand, because a lot of importers are listening to this. A lot of distributors are listening. They can just focus on creating their strategy around the brand, which, you know, end of the day, everyone wins if that moves. 
So, uh, you know, how do you, uh, on a macro, like how would you start, you know, uh, creating a plan? Uh, well, I suppose the key thing is um, if you're talking about a brand, then I, I, you would assume that, that the brand strategy has already um, identified who your target audience is and who you, who you see most likely to, to want to buy that brand. And I guess that's the key, the key thing, really, when it comes to content, producing any kind of content, really, is, is to sort of take uh, you, yourself out of it and, and, and focus 100% on who you're actually aiming that content to. I think too many, too many times um, writers and brands and businesses uh, are so wrapped up in their own themselves that they often, often sort of spend more time talking about uh, themselves and what they're trying to do rather than what, what, what they're producing uh, is, is actually going to have a benefit to, to, to their reader. So it's all that to the, to the user. So I suppose any, any content that they're producing needs to be 100% focused on what benefit is, is that going to have to the person who's actually seeing that, uh, and thinking, thinking it from their perspective and not from your perspective. And I think that's a really, um, key, key point to start, and it's one where lots of businesses don't do that. And, and you see a lot of content, which is talking about uh, my family, our business, what we do, and it's all about them. And you as a reader feel, feel quite distanced from that. And it often falls flat. So, Okay. So let's take an example, right? So I just wanted to give real uh, ways to sort of think on this. So there's a Napa cab, you know, uh, uh, let's say $20. And then uh, the the potential audience here is a 35-year-old working woman. Uh, so what what kind of, uh, you know, content would work? And I understand platform and the medium is important as well. So let's let's say if it's a B2B content that you're trying to generate, it's a launch content that, okay, this is the launch uh, that we're launching this wine, like Richard's Cabernet is launching this July. So how would you go about that? And then after the launch, what kind of content should back it up with? And then... A follow-through content, like how does it how does a pipeline look like? Okay, and uh, if you're talking really more about targeting an actual consumer, then uh, it's very no, much. I've just defined your brand. Now, you t uh, target is targeting is still the trade. I've just defined you who the end consumer of oh, that brand is. Okay, fair enough. All right. Okay. Well, I suppose the 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 the, the uh, it's about a little bit looking at your own supply chain. So who actually is going to be selling that product? Um, and um, is it going to be going through a restaurant? Is it going to be going through a, a website? Is it going to be going through uh, a retailer? And then looking at um, which pieces of content or which which platforms or media does do your do those customers read and take the most interest in? So it's really about siphoning it all down. Um, again, uh, one of the one of the pitfalls people will fall into is they'll they'll produce some content and then they'll send it out send it out to all media and send it out to all all kind of platforms and it quickly gets lost. Um, but for, for example, to say that brand has been aimed at, uh, as you say, um, the, the 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 female consumer that you mentioned, then then you know you're probably looking more at targeting it straight into um, uh, retail customers. Who are all the distributors who are then going to be focusing that in? So, choosing the the the, the right business platforms for that specific uh, customer group is where you you need to go. So it's it's really about about if you imagine there's a hundred different um, media outlets you could go to, 
you might find that actually targeting it to just three or four would be the one that you need to do and, and forgetting about the, the other, the, the, the rest of them. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I mean, picking up media is also just another, you know, topic in itself. So let's, let's assume we are not relying on any other third party media publications here to write about us. So, you know, if we go direct on LinkedIn, uh, Instagram or Facebook and, and today's platforms, you know, uh, how would that, uh, title look like you know like let's say it's just a launch like this july we're launching this um well again it's it's it's, it's coming back to what i said earlier about um what benefit is this brand gonna gonna give to the the end consumer so is it a lifestyle brand is it a brand that's, that's aimed at uh, making you feel healthier is it a brand that fits into your working schedule you know um, is it the kind of wine that you drink uh with friends you know for a barbecue is it the kind of wine that you drink seriously you know with, at, a, at a dinner party it, it's sort of like picking out what lifestyle trend um that brand is about and then focusing your content and your imagery and your messaging around around those things and you might find that um you know uh, social media that um you know instagram might work for a certain kind of brand whereas you might find that um you you you're better off using uh facebook or other other platforms depending on on which uh consumer group it is so again it's that 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 distinction and and defining uh the right platform for that particular message but the 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 the, the, the real focus again has to be about um thinking about core messages and uh lifestyle triggers that that um, consumer can really buy into and then focusing on those can you give us an example um well i suppose if you did uh, the iheart brand um which is i think available in about 20 30 different countries now so the i iheart wines so it's literally kind of taking that um, famous you know i love new york imagery with a heart with the heart sign um now that that's been very particularly focused at sort of 20 to 35 year old women so they 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 use a lot of advertising in women's press, consumer press, and they do a lot of work around um, events and festivals, and they do a lot of work around um, uh, aligning themselves with shows like Love Island and those kind of things. Now, that, that's, that, that's to the end point, but the point is the, the supermarkets they're working with can then also buy into that, and they can also see that that, that, that work has been done to the consumer but so when they're when they're working with them in the, with the retailer, they can also take some of those messages and some of that branding into the actual supermarket itself as well. So so you get that kind of double hit, but on shelf and also and also on the platforms that they're working on. Um, so I think you know, I, I Heart would be a very good example of how that works. In Barefoot as well, um, Barefoot is a great brand in terms of how it's it's taking its whole kind of social responsibility, the whole kind of beach uh, lifestyle aspect things, and they've, and they've used that imagery very well to take take wine not just about wine it's about wine being part of our lives and, and what impact it can have um and again you know they've, they've used that right through their their whole content strategy so be it on shelf be it on their own their own branding they do but also with the sort of the the associations they have and the the, the people that, who they work with so it's it's that kind of um, omni-channel approach, I suppose, that you, you would look at. Mm -hmm. 
Fantastic. And some of the tips that you think, you know, uh, works and that you've seen not work, like, you know, some trigger points some some uh, some kind of examples of titles, tips for titles. Um, I mean, brands that haven't worked. I mean, and I know there's the, the classic example, I suppose, Yellowtail got, got quite a, uh, a bit of backlash, I think, recently when they, they did their recent Super Bowl advertising, which I think fell flat because it was sort of not not really clear the messaging that they had and the target audience that they're going for, um, you know, was it really the kind of American football audience that, that buys into Yellowtail? And uh, I think they spent a lot of money on a, on a campaign which, uh, you know, quite quite widely widely seen as, as not working because, they again, they, they, they were thinking more about a mass audience rather than rather than thinking who actually is watching this and, and are they going to be interested in your brand. Uh, just don't think because... Because something has a large audience isn't necessarily going to be relevant to what you're doing. True, absolutely. Maybe a music concert would have been better. <laughs> but yeah, I get you. I get you yeah, around. exactly. Uh, uh, for for the images, right? Like you know, you when I see your websites and when I see your stories, uh, one of the things that do pop out are images. Uh, how do you go about uh, sourcing or having an image strategy behind it? Like, what's your way of working around images? Yeah, well, I think, I think that comes back down to the personality of your brand, uh, and any and any con- I mean, actually, taking taking this into sort of wider context. I mean, if you're producing any kind of content for a, a winery, for a, for a wine distributor, a wine company, a retailer, you know, it, it really comes down to um, what is it that you want to say about yourself. And um, you know, we we all walk into these companies and you see the brand values on on the wall, and, and you know, and people would have spent time you know, working up what these brand brand values are for, for, for that relevant business. But what but you need to, when it comes to content, you need to take those values and turn it into a personality. So it, it so your 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 business becomes a living, breathing thing, as it were. And and meaning and, the, the reader should connect that this is me here. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 the ones that do it really well, you know, like brands like um, you know, a lot of the like um a lot of the clothing companies, you know, Gap and yeah, even uh, like Nike, Johnny Walker and you know Nike. Of that yeah, I mean yeah. They, they they have a personality. You know, you know what that personality is just by yeah. by seeing their imagery. Like and they, Jim and Bing, they, for example, is a good example. Yeah, and, and or Jack Daniels actually. Yeah. Brands like Guinness and so so if you look at the their advertising over a good twenty or thirty years, you know they they're using yeah. a similar kind of personality in all the imagery they're using. So they may be very different in terms of the execution, but what the overall feel the personality comes through so that it does take of, time i think to create a brand right because you have to again and again uh, put the same message i mean it, as you said it takes like it took 20 years for some brands but for the new brand richard you know when, where they don't have the budget you know we're talking small and medium uh, there has to be little breakout sort of stories or content little more creativeness in that like something which just like wows you know the reader yeah but I think, um, I think, how can you I think put if that you look at, if you look at someone like uh orange swift you know the the um, yeah that's amazing the, the kind of the napa californian wine now he in, in a very short period of time you know i mean with looking like less than five years has created a brand that just by the the iconic labels that he uses has kind of created a whole personality uh around an actual the, the label is almost becomes uh, the wine. I mean, more, more so than the actual blend of the wine itself. So I think um, you know, that's a really good example of how somebody's really thought about what 
the personality imagery can do, and they and they've almost taken to the point where that then um, becomes um, the real life and soul. But I mean, obviously, you can't. You know, not every company can do that because you know there's there's that's a unique opportunity. Um, if you're looking in 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 the general per, general circumstances, um, I think it's just you no. Know, if you're producing content on a daily basis for a, for a, a wine distributor or for a retailer, you know it can be very hard to think of new ways of um, talking about yourself and what else can I say. But if you if you have these um, brand personalities and these brand um, when I talk about brand, I mean I mean you as a business having a brand, and if you if you really focus in on who your audience is what you want to say to them, what is it that your audience is interested in, you know, take the time to really understand what it is your target audience wants to know, um, and then focus your content around that rather than just thinking, you know, what are we doing today? Like, oh, we're, we're, we're having a day raising money for a particular charity or whatever it might be. You know, that, that might be great for you and that might be great for the charity, but it, it doesn't necessarily... Um, that interesting to your to your target audience you know and, and particularly in business you know your target audience ultimately wants to make money and wants to make profit and potentially wants to work with you to help them do that so it's almost like targeting your your content around how can we help you in your business what are the things that we do that that can help you and and, and always go back to that so if you're sort of brainstorming ideas for a, for a company don't don't necessarily think about uh, what's happening on the different floors in your company. It's more about what's actually happening in the in the in your with your customers. Um, you know, are they having to try and find more wines to sell by the glass? Are they having to try and find uh, better packaging solutions, cheaper cheaper ways of selling wines? Um, are they you know what what are the things that they their challenges are? And then then look at the what what you're doing to help them. And then and then I think that can really help build. Uh, a real good content plan and allow you to sort of keep on coming up with new ideas and fresh ideas that, um, and you're not always having to sort of almost like go to your own well for content. Your, your customers are, 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 are the key for, 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 for that. So, I mean, like, let's say you got a glass pour in some restaurant. Uh, you're saying, you know, uh, try to connect the dots by like saying, you know, uh, this wines are now, in, I mean, I'm just going to go very simple uh, title here. I know that it's very raw, but like something like this wines are now available by the glass at this restaurant. So join us at happy hours or something like that. Now that has to be translated in a very storytelling approach. It does. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I guess if you're a restaurant, you know, you need to then, you need to then think about um, who your customers are. So a restaurant saying, you know, if you're, if you're having a happy hour, say, and, and saying, you know, uh, you know, wine's half price between, six and seven or whatever, you know, is that the right time for your, for your customers? You know, you might find if you're working in a financial district that, um, you know, you need to either do it earlier or later. You might find that actually seven to eight is when people are coming out to coming out of work. So, you know, you doing a happy hour between six and seven is a little bit of a waste of time. Um, so it's almost, do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's not just, it's not just following, uh, a set, um, Set, set rules it's, it's again it's it's always going back I, I know it sounds i'm repeating myself but it's almost like the, you know if you're a restaurant or it's who who is your who are your audience who are your customers who, who do you want to get through the door and it might be you know for example um you know a lot of uh restaurants and bars now you know they might on the day want to attract people who are working from home or 
uh, or people who are looking after children who, you know, they might have special deals at lunchtime, or they might have special special things to, to attract people to come come join the restaurant, join the bar during the day. And it, it's but that's a, a completely different messaging to what you might then have in the evening for people who you want to then come and have a full course meal in the in the evening. So it's it's almost like thinking about your content during the day and how can you how can you attract people to come you know, in for breakfast or, um, you know, perhaps have uh, a night where you have BYO and you allow people to come and bring their own, their own wines, but which day of the week is going to work best for your customers? Not, not what's, what week is best for you. What, what's, you know, so again, it's, it's that kind of communication with you, with the, who you are and the best content always comes out of, um, being really close to your, to the needs of, of who you are, of, of your customers. So, um, so, so again, it's it's that taking the time, doing your research, really understanding the the market you're in, and then working working back from there. That that those are really important messages to get across. What are some of the elements? Let's say it's always a challenge, you know, for us to personally come out with like 1,200 word article. I mean, what are the challenge? Uh, what are some of the things that you can sort of you know think where it can help you fill that article? which are like some, some usuals which you think you should always include because that's a good practice? Yeah, again, I think it's, it's, it's the tone of voice that you have. Um, so, um, you know, to, uh, again, it comes back a little bit to your personality. So to think about what your tone of voice should be and then, you know, if, are, you to, are you using the word uh, you or are you using the word um us, as it were, you know, and and if you're writing articles, sometimes people will will often always refer to themselves. Whereas again, it's it's going to be much more uh, readable if you if you turn that around and make it like um, rather than saying you know the five the five key challenges facing our business this year, you know, turn that around into the five key challenges facing you this year, and then it suddenly just makes you the reader want to read it a lot more. Um, um other ideas in terms of um uh building good content is to think of case studies and 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 to and to include your own customers actually in in the content that you're doing so that um yeah and i mean in the day you know you you should hopefully have countless customers that you can that you can rely on rely on so talk about the work that you're doing with them what success stories you've had um include quotes from them and and also, there's a great opportunity there for you to actually invite your customers to 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 share their opinions. So, you know, why not ask ask one of one of your customers to to um, answer some questions about their business, how they work, what are their challenges, what are they what are they doing, what innovations they're introducing? Because um, not only does it allow you to to find out more about them, but it, it gives them a platform, makes them feel uh, wanted and needed, um, and it and it also makes great great reading for uh everybody um in your sector because they because people always want to know what other people are doing um and um yeah and, and i suppose the other thing is um is another, another good exercise to do is actually to to look back over over your last week and analyze what you've read what was it the what article did you click on when you opened up a newsletter or what article did you click on when you were looking at social media? What what was it about that that made you want to click on that article? And just just write down, you know, 
uh, oh, because it was, um, you know, tips on how to lose weight or it could be tips on how to cut down your drinking in January, whatever it might be. Wow, no, perfect. I mean, you're right because, you know, the way we are consuming, we are not writing that way. And what you're saying is absolutely correct. Like, you know, what triggers you, what triggered us? I mean, what what is making us click? We should at least, you know, practice that more. Yeah, and and also don't don't, um, um, think about, our personal life and our business life is two separate things. You know, what, what makes you want to, um, curious in the business basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What, what makes you want to watch a certain video on, on social media over another one? Um, you know, very good point. And, and and again, a lot of it is down to what's going to make you, what's going to entertain you, what's going to interest you, what's going to make you smile, what's going to make you, what's going to make you, um, learn, uh, find out, discover, those are all the things that when we're at work, you know, at work we want to be want to discover, we want to learn, we want to 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 do better for ourselves, but we also want to be entertained. You know, we also want to have a bit of um, a bit of fun and smile as well. So think about those things, write write them down, and um, then try and use those in your own content and try and uh, you know, uh, well not copy, but at least use those to influence what you're what you're then doing. Um, you know that, that that then you'll find opens up a whole new way of thinking for yourself. So you're not, you know, I think a lot of people who do content always say, "Oh, I don't do social media because I just don't know what to say." You know, or I, I really don't know what to write. And the danger is they then they then don't do anything. You know, just just try and have different approaches to it and, and think about it in, in a different way, so it becomes less of a hurdle and actually becomes sort of opens up the opens up the world a lot more to you. Um, into what 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 content can do, um, and, I, and I think the key the key thing really is that you know creating content as a business is no longer just a, a nice to have, you know it, it's it's a complete necessity. You know you have to do it because um, all your all your competitors are, and I'm always amazed by the amount of um, you know business leaders you talk to, and they say, oh I don't do social media, I'm not on social media, I don't I just don't do that, and you and you look at them and you think. Well, all due respect, <laughs> I really don't think in five, ten years' time you're going to be sitting in your position, you know, because everybody else around you is, and the people underneath you are, and that's where the conversation, that's where the learning, that's what people are doing, and and if you're not prepared to to take part in that, then then you you know you really are at risk of becoming a little bit obsolete, really. Um, you know, so you know, content isn't just for the, uh, your content manager or for your you know social mean, media manager. It, everybody, everybody in a business, um, even the emails you write to each other. You know, if you think about it, you know, when you're writing an email to to your boss or to to or if you're a boss sending it to your team, you have to write that content in a, in a way that people are going to attract their attention. You know, how do you make it interesting? How do you make it want to be read? Um, so, so all these, these content, um, skills are something which we, we have, we, we do all day long, you know, we're writing content. Yeah. We, we say content, but it's actually communication and which communication, is always yeah. going to be there, yeah, exactly. you know, and yeah. it's, it's important. Yeah, exactly. No, no, exactly. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, the, these days, you know, we use the phone so much less to, to actually to speak on, um, we spend all our time writing emails to each other and, um, you know, we're, we're, we 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 see we're seeing print all the time, um, and you know the challenge is, you know, how do you make your print stand out from the rest? And um, you know, it's 
it's a, it's a bit fascinating. I think one the more more people look at it, the more people start to understand the benefits and how much you can really the difference it can make. Um, you know, and then those companies that that get it really do stand out and make a difference. Um, and you know, those who you know say things like, "Oh, we don't like to shout about ourselves. We don't like to talk about ourselves." Well, <laughs> you might find that nobody wants to do any business with you either. So. Um, it's, it's 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 yeah. The world's changing a lot, and people have to have to recognise that content and communications is is actually fundamental to all this. Absolutely spot on, Richard. So I think you have given us a lot here. I think it's it's a uh, great pointers in there where we're going to dissect and you know uh, take it from there. I mean, it's just going to be a lot of pointers. And the the key here was actually how do you go about thinking of producing content, which you have given some great pointers on. So thanks again for that. Mm-hmm.